This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is Ernie Acorsi. You're listening to the Eye Test for Truth. Welcome back to part two of our countdown to the draft on the I Test for Two podcast. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. And as you should know by now, we're both Hall of Fame voters joined today, as we always are, by our Hall of Fame producer, Ian Glendon. And soon, very soon, by Hall of Fame voter Bob Glauber of Newsday, who will give us insight on Thursday's draft in Cleveland and where the Jets and Giants are going next. And hopefully that is up. But first, guys, uh, you're both in the Tampa area. Ira, you're in Tampa, Ian, and you're in St. Petersburg. Um, and you both were on the Bucks bandwagon last year. I know Ira was driving it. Ian, you got on there as a Tom Brady fan. So I'm sure you saw what Rob Gronkowski did last week. Did you guys? Yes. So you yes, I did. Yes, I did. Well, for those who didn't, it goes back to the University of Arizona, where he graduated from. At least I hope he graduated. Put on his football gear. <laughs> with number 48 and in front of this year's team at a practice after a practice caught a football drop from a helicopter 600 feet in the air setting a guinness book of world records caught it on the third try mobbed by the team afterwards and there are two things that strike me here guys one that's the length of two football fields so i can't imagine the speed with which that ball was coming and secondly who had the previous record and why in the world is there such a thing? Ira? I believe it was Jameis Winston uh, <laughs> against the Saints in, in a December game. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was 456 feet high. And, uh, <laughs> and, and OJ Howard it. dropped it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, a Saint caught it. Someone from the other team caught it. Ian, you got any answers to that? I, I was going to say, if no one wants to fact check me on this, uh, it was me who uh, had the previous record. I'm oh, just going right. to leave it at that. <laughs> well, maybe we go. can ask Bob Glauber when he comes in because Ira, he's got his own Wikimedia page, a Wikipedia page too, I guess. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You know, uh, Bob is a, uh, a longtime newspaper guy. And you know what, Clark? In the way the business is right now, that's a hell of a compliment. That's to a Bob hell of an accomplishment. And it's such a great accomplishment that we're going to keep him waiting a couple more minutes here while I ask you a few more questions. So here's a quick one for you. Ira, you're the sage of Tampa. You know everything. One NFL owner on Tuesday said, quote, we're looking at hope, optimism. This is a great to be alive moment, frankly, unquote. Who was it? That's got to be uh, Jimmy Ursay strumming a, a Stratocaster. <laughs> That's a good guess. That's a good guess. But it's a wrong guess. <laughs> do you know who it was? Ian, do you have an idea? 
Uh, was it uh, Robert Kraft talking about the future? Uh, no, no, okay. no, 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 Robert Kraft. Our, our Patriots honk coming out again in Ian Glenn. And no, it was neither of those guys. It was Shad Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A great to be alive moment. Uh, maybe because mm-hmm. they have four picks in the top 65. But how are they going to use those? Ira, I mean, I remember the Raiders saying great to be alive moment when they took Jamarcus Russell in 2007. I don't think Shad Khan's going to be saying that with Urban Meyer sitting in his lap fight in November. <laughs> yeah, we already had Sam Kavaras weigh in on that. Another Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. Okay, lastly, um, let's go to the draft here. And, and what I did early this week was look back five years at the 2016 draft just to see how these things work out. And I checked the first round. And interestingly enough, of the 31 players taken, and New England didn't have a pick. They forfeited that pick, as Ian Glendon knows. Only six of those first rounders are with the teams that chose them, including three in the top 10. That would be Joey Bosa, Zeke Elliott, and Ronnie Stanley. So, Ira, what does that tell you about the draft other than Jerry Glanville was right when he said the NFL stands for it, not for long? Clark, it it reinforces the policy of hoarding draft picks because you're going to miss at least 50% of the time. And if you got 12 picks instead of six, you got a better chance. Uh, That's the way it is, Clark. Those guys didn't get second contracts. No second contracts, basically. And remember what Ernie, of course, he told us last week on this broadcast. If you miss in the top 10 or the top five, you can set your franchise back, especially if it's quarterback. You could set your franchise back three to five years. And we've seen that happen. Okay, let's bring in a Hall of Fame voter and author Bob Glauber of Newsday. Bob just stepped down as president of the Pro Football Writers Association after an extended tenure. And he is here to give us the lowdown on what to expect tomorrow in Cleveland, other than, I think, possible rain. Anyway, Bob, always good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, glad to be here with two fellow Hall of Fame voters. It feels like we're back in the room listening to Ira go, quote, (laughs) quote, John Lynch, quote. Yeah, but it works. Ira, and then Clark, Clark saying, does he pass the eye test, the appropriately named the eye test? But That's that great. worked this year, Bobby got Lynch in. Oh, you know what the I, best uh, thing about you know what the best thing about Lynch getting in is? No, you don't have to hear you me. You don't anymore. have to hear Ira every friggin' year. Quote. Uh, I'm coming back with Rondé Barber, Bobby. Uh, Bob, thanks so much Love for you, doing Ira. this, and yeah. congratulations. Bob, on that book, it was a hell of a read. It was a hell of a read. Yeah, and, and um, I, I want to ask, him a, I yeah. ask him a quick question. That's Guts and Genius you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought that book was about you and me. <laughs> <laughs> but we couldn't we couldn't figure out who was Guts it, and who was Genius. You know what? It's fine. You can have it. You can have it. It's, it's <laughs> it, it fits. It fits a lot of things, and, and you guys have Guts and Genius. Um, and Bob, Bob, mention uh, mention the three coaches you profiled in that book. Yeah, I did. Um, it was a look at the '80s and early '90s with Bill Walsh, uh, Bill Parcells, and Joe Gibbs. And you know, looking back, they just had these fascinating duels uh, with each other, and they took turns winning Super Bowls. I found the era um, interesting and fun, and I you know, I covered a lot of those games. You guys covered a lot of those games. You know, w- we talk about the old days, and you don't want to you know seem like ah. It's like, well, yeah, just another old guy talking about how good it was. But, I mean, this was legit great rivalry football. And they changed the sport 
And in a lot of ways, the sport reflects what those guys did, especially Walsh with the West Coast offense, still the predominant offense in football. They just, you know, they did it three different ways, and it was all great. And and it was really fun researching that and interviewing a lot of people. And, you know, Walsh obviously could not be interviewed, but it was fascinating to write about someone who was gone. And, you know, the people who knew him best talk about him. Um, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. Hey Bob, uh, I'm gonna give you the tale of the tape, Bob. It's uh it's not a, it's not a happy tale, but Bob, Jets one <laughs> winning season since 2010. Uh, uh, Bob, Giants one winning season since 2012. So Bob, my question, you know, the Knicks have been terrible until this year. You know, mm-hmm. they were terrible for a, an extended stretch, and a lot of people think that hurt the NBA. Bob, the NFL is such a behemoth, but not having the New York teams relevant, Bob, has that had an adverse effect uh, in any way on the league, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it has. I think whenever you have the biggest market teams succeed, it creates more interest. This certainly drives television ratings. And that's why, if you notice, you know, Jet, Giants and Jets um, national games are usually moved to the beginning of the season, you know, before they just completely fall out of the, out of the race. Now, the Giants were competitive in a terrible division last year, so they stayed relevant late. But, yeah, I think it. I think the league is better when, when those teams are better. Um, but, I, but I agree with you, Ira. I mean, this league is just is bulletproof as far as, you know, they, they don't need that super team. You know, the NBA is a little bit more dependent on great teams and great players than the NFL. They just managed to create interest and, and keep interest for a sustained period of time. Bob, some general thoughts on uh, Thursday's first round of the draft as it pertains to the two New York teams. Well, I think the Jets, it's, it seems to be a no-brainer right now that they're going to go with Zach Wilson of BYU. They, they, I think they're focused in on him, and they like his talent. They like his arm talent. They like his football IQ. Um, they, you know, there's, there's talk of him being another Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type guy, the way he can make plays athletically. I think it's a little premature to say that. Let's let the guy play at least a game before we talk in those terms. But, you know, that's this, what we do around the draft. Yeah, this, is a, this is a cycle that Jets fans are familiar with, you know. Lather, rinse, repeat, right? Get a quarterback, feel good about it, watch him play, be disappointed, move on to the next one, right? And, you know, Sam Darnold, it happened quick. He, he was not happy about uh, being let go after three years, but that's the way it goes. And it's a, it's a league of, you know, Jerry Glanville was right. It's not for, not for long. So they hope Zach Wilson can be the answer. They think he can be. And uh, obviously it'll be interesting to watch it. I do like, though, that they wipe the slate clean. Robert Sala, I think, is a good young coach. He, he's done everything he had to to get to this spot. And when you have a coach and a quarterback that can kind of grow up together, um, I think that's a that, that's a better situation. And the Giants, Bob? Yeah. Well, the Giants, you know, I think Joe, I think they found their coach. I, I think Joe Judge is is really good. And I think they're 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 building a, a good roster. You know, Joe Judge makes Dave Gettleman look a lot better because you know Gettleman really scuffled his first couple of years uh, in a lot of ways. And I think Judge is the right coach. The, the big question and the overriding question, the one we will never get away from until it's answered, is Daniel Jones. Can he be the guy? 
And if he can be the guy, then this team has a lot to look forward to. If not, you talk about being set back three to five years. That's that's what they're looking at. So make or break year for 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 Daniel Jones, no question. And what are they looking for Thursday? Uh, well, what are the Giants looking for? You know, at 11, Ira, I think their options are going to be limited. I don't know that any of the big-time receivers will be there. Maybe Jalen Waddle will be there. They may go there. I got I got him right now taking Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami. They can go offensive tackle. Um, if Panay Sewell is there, maybe they, they go there. They did draft a tackle uh, last year in the first round. So I think they're – and they can also go corner. So I think there are those four – um, options that they have based on the board at 11. I, I don't think they, they go up. Um, you know, th- there's talk about them maybe moving up or even moving back. I think they end up staying at 11 and then go one of those four positions. We're with Hall of Fame voter Bob Glauber on the eye test for two. And Bob, since you mentioned the Giants, um, let me ask you a question about where they're sitting right now is at the 11th spot. Let's just say one of those two Alabama receivers is there. You mentioned Waddle, mm-hmm. possibly Devontae Smith. Let's just say one of those two offensive tackles, Sewell or Slater, is there. Where would they go first? Would they try to get Daniel Jones another weapon, or would they try to get Daniel Jones protection? Great question. Great question. And I, I, listen, I don't know what they're, you know, they're, they're keeping it close to the vest, but I think they – they go either way on that one. But I think when you look at Dave Gettleman, you look at his philosophy, what does he talk about all the time? Hog mollies. Got to right. get the hog mollies. Right. And I think gun to his head, what's well, not, not a real gun, but, you know, <laughs> but, it, you know, push comes to shove. I would think he'd go, go hog molly in that situation. Okay. Um, and then secondly, since you mentioned Daniel Jones, This really, to me, is going to be the year you find out about him because they have surrounded him with some talent. And let's just say, for argument's sake, they take one of those two receivers. He's got talent around him, provided, of course, that Saquon Barkley spends more than a couple games in the lineup. But uh, he now has some weapons at his disposal. Do you think this is the year you and everyone else in the New York metropolitan area finds out about Daniel Jones? I don't think there's any question, Clark, that all things being equal, if he has a full complement of players around him that includes Barkley that includes a, uh, an improved offensive line and that includes a good receiving core I think we're going to find out and I think they have to you know there was some talk about well maybe they go quarterback this year mm-hmm. but it's just I think they just felt like there was improvement toward the second half of last year in terms of protecting the football better and they, they want to give him that shot this is a very patient organization Right. typically. And, and I think they're giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I think they have made it so that there are really no excuses left for Daniel Jones. This is it. Now he had, when, when he was at Duke, he's under siege a lot. And I, I believe that no players on his team were, were on his offense were drafted like none. So it's kind of not a fair fight, uh, but they liked it about him. He was very tough and he was resilient and he kept fighting and he did well under pressure. So, you know, they, they took him and they, they want a guy with thick skin to, to play in New York. So he's got the thick skin. He's a great teammate. He's got that Eli Manning, never throw a player under the bus kind of mentality. And he tries hard. He works hard. He's, you know, he's got all the intangibles that you want. Now it's just, does he have the talent? And are I you sold? Are you, 
you sold on him? I mean, do you think five years from now we're going to be talking about Daniel Jones as the quarterback of the New York Giants? I think there's a good chance we will be talking about him as the quarterback of the New York Giants, but I think he will be more of a pedestrian quarterback than, than say, an Eli Manning. Um, or And Eli, you know, had his detractors about, well, is he elite? Is he Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, but the guy won two Super Bowls. I don't see Daniel Jones making – the throw to David Tyree or the throw to Mario Manningham in a big situation. I think he's going to have to have things good around him. Um, not a Trent Dilfer in, in, you know, kind of thing, but um, he's got to, he's got to have things go, go better around him. I don't think he can manufacture uh, wins like, like the great quarterbacks, but I think he'll be just good enough. Bob, uh, this is a hall of fame centric. We've got three writers here and, Bob, you just mentioned Eli Manning. It's going to be one heck of a debate when he comes up. Tom Coughlin. Um, let me say this about Coughlin. Bob, obviously, he's got the two Super Bowl wins. He made the playoffs 10 times, Bob, in 20 years. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, but only 20 games over 500, Bob. You know, and that, you know, when you compare him to the Mike Tomlins of the world that are coming up, or uh, maybe even Harbaugh. Um, Give me a, a couple of sentences on each guy, and do you think uh, you think Eli's a no-brainer, Bob, or people will look at the uh, career record um, and, and hesitate? Well, he's a 500 quarterback career record, but you know, as we've seen with quarterbacks, they're a victim of circumstance. A lot of times, he did not have good teams around him from 2013 on, and um, I do personally think Eli Manning is a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I understand the debate that others will have reservations. He, you know, he didn't have that. Um, he doesn't have those transcendent, um, his numbers are good. Like his numbers are really good. He's top 10 in just about everything. He's going to be passed because it's a passing league. But I think that, you know, two championships playing big in those two championship games, beating um, the team of the ages both times should do it for him. Coughlin, I actually feel better about Coughlin overall as a, as a more well-rounded Hall of Fame candidate than Eli, uh, you know, in terms of the argument, like, well, look what he did in, in Jacksonville. <laughs> Expansion team gets him to the AFC championship game, you know, kind of a perennial playoff team with them in their earlier days. And then he goes to the Giants, who were a mess at that time in 04, and he builds up a quarterback, and he wins two championships against the team of the ages and the coach of the ages. So I think the, I think the argument for Coughlin is, is, is easier than it is for, for Eli Manning. What went wrong? What went wrong for Coughlin, Bob? Those last three years in New York. Well, a lot of personnel problems. He did not have defense the year he left. Uh, the Giants spent two hundred million dollars in free agency on defense, and he he said something like, "Hey, I could have used that," you know. <laughs> not long after that, now they do it, um, and that's that's what happened. I think it got a little stale too. Eli just, you know, he plateaued and he, and he never really ascended after that. So it was a combination of, they felt it was time to make a change. And, you know, it's, it's not atypical. I mean, Tom Landry toward the end of his run in Dallas just kept, it, it was, it was good, but not great. Um, Coughlin just, he just never kind of caught that magic in, in the last couple of years, last few years uh, of that run in New York. What's your gut feeling, Bob, about Sam Darnold going forward? Did he get a fair shot in New York? He didn't get a fair shot in New York, it, and it was not his fault. 
there there were a lot of turnovers and that that's a problem and i think that's what he's got to overcome moving forward i think it's good that he gets a, a, another shot with a much more stable situation sam Darnold was caught in between two regimes two general managers and two coaches impossible situation in three years impossible so he didn't have the players around him he did not have a good offensive line last year and he had a coaching change after year one it's and he had a he had a coach who just it was a mess for the last two years with adam gase so not a fair fight good for sam Darnold. he goes to matt rule where he's going to be there for a while and he will get good coaching and he will have stability on the roster which is probably even more important with Hall of Fame voter Bob Glauber on the eye test for two. And Bob, let's switch teams to the New York Jets for a moment. I, I'll be honest with you. I like what GM Joe Douglas is doing. I think he knows what he's doing. I thought his draft last year was pretty good. Some of his roster moves make sense to me. But now he's going to make what should be his signature move, which is a quarterback at the second spot. And as you mentioned, everyone expects it to be Zach Wilson. My question to you is that you know – about the failures of everyone who's followed Joe Namath. You know about the succession of quarterbacks, what they're up against, and what they've produced or haven't produced. What is Zach Wilson in for in terms of pressure as the quarterback of the New York Jets and the second pick of the overall draft? Well, there's pressure everywhere, but I think the pressure is bigger in New York because it's bigger in New York and there's much more scrutiny there's more attention. Um, but I don't think it's the pressure that's going to make or break Zach Wilson. I think he's, he's wired. Okay. I think they do a good job. And you know, Clark and I were, you, you know, this, you go in locker rooms and you, you think of what it's like outside you, all the buzz talk radio and newspapers and everything. It's like intense. Then you go into a locker room. It's like, you guys just walking around. Hey, how you doing? It's, it's just an insulated world. And there's so football is just, it requires so much time, so much energy, so much film work, so much time being in the building, they're immune to it. So I don't, I don't know that the pressure um, will, will define Zach Wilson. I don't think it will, you know, obviously his play will, and they all know about Joe Namath, but Joe Namath was so long ago that they're not like, it's just kind of a thought and it's like, it's, it's out there. It's in the ether, but um, you know, there's a lot that's expected of quarterbacks in the NFL and a lot that's expected of quarterbacks in New York. When you're great, there's nothing like it. That's right. When you fail, it's, it's, it's a hard world, man. Yeah. I I learned that with Richard Todd. I felt sorry for him because I thought he was pretty good. He wasn't great, but boy, when it turned South, it it was tough. It was tough for him. And And especially coming from Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me ask about one other team, New England. Everyone's expecting them to make a move up, down, sideways, whatever. Um, I think it certainly depends on what happens at the top end of the draft. What about you? Do you think they make a move on a quarterback in this draft? And do you think they make a move on a quarterback in the first round of this draft? I would, I think they will. I, I err on the side of, I think Bill Belichick will go for it. I think the, the spot that seems to be the most in play Atlanta to some degree, but not so much. I think Carolina at number eight, that, that one seems to be the spot. They've been public about wanting to trade back. And I think if, if Belichick can get up there to eight and get a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, I, I think he'll do it. Bob, um, thanks so much for doing this, Bob. I got one more for you. 
kind of along the lines of Sam Darnold, sort of a, did this guy get a fair shot? And Buck fans know this guy very well. They don't want to lose him, Bob and Todd Bowles. They don't want to lose him, uh, but they just want a Super Bowl. Uh, you know how good he is as a, as a coordinator. Bob, his first year in New York, fantastic. Takes over a 4-12 and 12 team, wins 10 games. Bob, they go to Buffalo. I believe the playoff spot was on the line that year, and Fitzpatrick stunk. He threw three picks, and he was awful. Uh, then they go 5-11, and 5-11. But he's got Fitzpatrick and Josh McCown, Bob. Mm-hmm. And then Donald's rookie year, 4-12, and 12, and that's it for Todd Bowles. Will he get another shot, and should he get another shot, Bob? Uh, I think the second question is easier. I think he should get another shot. Will he get another shot? I, I don't know. Um, it's a league that really goes for the hot, young offensive coach. So, you know, I think, I think Leftwich probably fits a little bit better into that mold, but Bowles, you know, Bowles is an old soul and I've, I've known him since he was a player and he's, he's a good football coach. And I think he should get another shot. Um, and if he does, I think he'll be a much better coach. And if he gets into a stable situation where the quarterback situation is resolved once he gets there, or he can kind of get his own guy in there and have stability with a general manager, I think it would go a long way. It was, it was, it was just not, not a comfortable fit with Mike McCagnin in New York. Uh, if he, if he was coming in this year in New York, man, they could be a lot better off. So hope he does get another shot. Like him as a coach a lot. Think he, think he deserves it. Could he be Bob? Could he be a guy like Wade Phillips or Ons Barger? That's just a better coordinator than a head coach. Could he be. Could be. He, 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 you know, you, you, sure you, you can ask that question. Um, and there's a lot of guys who fit that description, but I think Bowles. I think there is something in Bowles that simmers, and that if he does get another opportunity, he'll know he's going to be like he's going to just go for things more and not sit back like he did with the Jets and just say, look, it's I'm on the line here. I'm doing what I got to do. Kind of like what Parcells did in his second year with the Giants. He just said, screw it. I got to be myself, and I and this that's me on the line. So I think Bowles would be more in that direction if he does get another shot. Bob, a couple last ones from me. First of all, this draft coming up is on the heels of a season where some teams played partial seasons. Some teams didn't even play seasons. Some players opted out because of COVID. How extraordinary is this draft going to be? And how unpredictable do you expect it to be based on the fact that the past year was so unpredictable and extraordinary? Yeah. Uh, Clark, I think, you know, it's really good good question, good issue, because it's definitely in play. I think the unpredictability will be off the charts, especially as you go down the draft. But even in the first round. It's like, you know, this is to me is like a, a draft of 15 players that, you know, are, are okay. You, you know, these guys are, and then it's everybody else. Right. So I think that really sets the stage for a lot of unpredictability. Um, I do think though, that, you know, when you thought back to last March and April, are they even going to have a college football season um, to where they got to where there was a lot of football played? I think there was enough football played. I think there's enough tape from 2019 where I feel like teams will be, will be feeling like they're making solid um, decisions, but it's a crapshoot anyway. 
you throw in a COVID season, then it's it's even more unpredictable. Yeah, I mean, two of those ta- tackles that I mentioned to you, Sewell and Slater, they didn't play last year. You yeah. Northwestern didn't have a season, and Sewell yeah, and then, left it out. And and then you look at Trey Lance, and people say he's a top five quarterback. Played one football game in I think the last sixteen months. So it's amazing. Yeah, you're really going on projection. Yes, and right. it it can be treacherous. Yep. And and the last question for you. How do Ira, Ian, and I get a Wikipedia page? How is that? You got one. How do we get one? Could you help us out here? Give us a little instruction. I didn't ask for one. It just showed (laughs) up one day. And I'm like, okay, great. But I think we all deserve them. (laughs) I mean, Wikipedia, it's everybody. And hey, Clark. Clark, why do you know that? Why are you Googling my name? No, it, 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 it came from the sage of Tampa who knows everything. He told me, Bob Glover's got his own page. I went, what? He said, yeah, well, Bob Glover's got his own page. So now people in Tampa are beginning to know that there is someone else in that family than Bill Glover. Uh, you know, I, I I wanted to look up Glauber because I thought he was born in, in, in the villages in Florida, Trump country. <laughs> and I, that, that, <laughs> but no, the, it's White Plains. White yeah, Plains. the villages are where you and I are going, Ira, pretty soon, <laughs> sooner rather than later. Hey, Bob, Bob Glauber, thanks so much for the time and good luck with your next and hopefully final mock draft. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, thanks Bob. Me, guys. That was Bob Glauber of Newsday, Hall of Fame voter. Always fun to catch up with him, Ira. Love listening to him. And um, I do think this is going to be a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones with the Giants. I do think this is going to be the year to find out whether he makes it or breaks it. And then, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not optimistic. You know, Clark, uh, talking about Jones, and I think Ian will back me up on this. Um, The Bucs played at the Giants. Uh, They were lucky to win. Tampa didn't play a very good game. And uh, Ian, you remember that at towards the end of that game, and it was close. Um, a couple of uh, giant receivers got behind the box secondary, and and Jones, he misfired, Ian, yeah. uh, at least twice that I remember uh, on touchdowns. And uh, you got to make those plays as an NFL quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, if he doesn't make them, we'll be talking about who the Giants going to draft as their quarterback this time next that's year. That's right. That's going to do it. But our um. Someone told me that you've already lined up a high-profile general manager for next week. And someone, apparently, who chooses in the top 10 of this draft. Is that true? That is true. We'll let our uh, listeners try to uh, throw darts at a board and figure it out. But we're coming out strong next week with maybe a double-barrel superstar edition. We come out strong every week with a double-barrel edition of you (laughs) and me and then Ian. Um, and then last question, Ira, I mean, you more excited about that, getting that GM, or are you more excited about tomorrow's draft in Cleveland, where it could rain? Um, Clark, I'm going to say this, and, and, and our listeners aren't going to hear it, Clark. They, they don't want to hear it, but I'll say it because I got the guts to say it, Clark. This is a lousy draft. This is a lousy draft. I mean, nobody wants to talk about it. The quarterbacks uh, are going to be overdrafted. You know that. Um, normally they'd be second rounders, a right. couple of them that go in top 10. And I think it's about 15 players deep, as Bob Glauber suggested. Um, hopefully next year will be better. I, I don't think this is a great draft, but Well, if you've got the guts to say that, Ira, I guess we know who we're talking about when we rename this podcast Guts and Genius. There you go, baby. Well, anyway, I'm looking forward to next week right here. Ira, finish it. Where? On the eye test for two, my friend. 
You got it. I test for two. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.